0: News. It's one o'clock, I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, construction worker has become one of the first people to be found guilty of rioting by the court over events linked to last year's anti-government protests. The High Court has denied bail to activist Tam Tak-Chi, who has been charged with uttering seditious words. And talks are underway to allow public hospitals to share medical records with the University of Hong Kong Shenzhen Hospital. A 26-year-old construction worker has been found guilty of rioting and assaulting a police officer during a siege of the police headquarters in June last year, becoming one of the first offenders to be found guilty of rioting by the court over events linked to last year's anti-government protests. Candice Wong reports.
1: The court heard that Sham Hugh Lun twice punched a plainclothes officer, Cheng Kum Fook, after the officer had been surrounded by anti-extradition protesters. The incident took place after a large group of protesters surrounded the police headquarters in Wan Chai following a rally in Edinburgh Place. District Court Judge Anthony Kwok found Mr Sham guilty of rioting, common assault and failing to surrender to custody after skipping a pre-trial hearing while on bail. Mr. Justice Quock said that the defendant had also admitted to blocking entrances to the building with metal barriers. Mr. Shum's conviction comes after a 21-year-old man pleaded guilty to rioting earlier this year.
0: The case has been adjourned until a week tomorrow for sentencing. Mr. Shum has been remanded in custody. The High Court has denied bail to Tam Tak Chi, known locally as Fastbeat. The pro-democracy activist has been charged with uttering seditious words under a colonial-era sedition law. be Sung reports. Prosecutors alleged that the People Power Vice Chairman used slogans such as Liberate Hong Kong and Five Demands Not One Less, as well as anti-police slogans at street booths in Ngao Taokok, Wong Tai Sin, Tong and Nam Tim between March and July. The prosecution said the slogans were intended to bring hatred against the government and raised discontent among the public. The defendant had previously been denied bail by the founding magistracy earlier this month. Pro-democracy lawmakers and district councillors have slammed Mr Tam's indictment by authorities, saying it seriously undermines freedom of expression. Following the court's decision, Mr Tam's colleague Ray Chan said they would take legal advice on what to do next. I think most of the Hong Kong people are disappointed about the fail of
1: the application of bail. The government want to stop our f- expression of f- freedom. Freedom of speech and freedom of expression is the basic rights of Hong Kong people. It's the basic right of all people in the world. Uh, we will continue our process. We will uh, discuss with our legal team to take further action.
0: 15-year-old has been sent to a detention centre for throwing petrol bombs after the Department of Justice won a sentencing review against him. Dem Pang reports. Appeal court judges had ruled the sentencing magistrate had been wrong in principle and the penalty was clearly too light. In passing the original sentence, Toon Moon Magistrate Kelly Choi described the teenager as one of those outstanding youngsters the court had to face, saying she hoped he had learned a lesson. He was given 18 months probation after pleading guilty to arson and possessing materials with intent to damage property. He would have had to spend half that time at a facility for supervision. The Department of Justice appealed, saying it was too lenient. The court had heard the defendant had thrown three petrol bombs as a test in Yunlong in January, which did not hurt anyone. Democratic Party Chairman Wu Chi-wai says his party will vote against the government's latest pandemic relief funding request at the Legislative Finance Committee meeting next week. The government has rolled out a $24 billion package, but Mr Wu says it's not enough. He said only $4.5 billion was for employees and there was still no direct subsidy for the unemployed. Mr Wu was asked whether he plans to filibuster.
1: Of course, we will ask a lot of questions and, and, and see how the government will respond. But of course, up to this moment, we don't see the government will do anything to adjust and amend their programs if the government will take up all other opinions. Take, for example, we suggest to have a new round of handout for all the people in Hong Kong. We suggest to have to setting up an employment subsidies program for those really unemployed. And we also suggest the government to give money directly to SME. I think that will be the direction that we can see the government will change. And then, of course, that will change our concern too.
0: The government is taking back some subsidies or issuing penalties to nearly 5,000 employers who failed to use money under its employment subsidy scheme to pay wages. Says nearly a quarter of the applicants of the scheme didn't fully use the subsidy to pay wages. The Two Moon Primary School, where people have come down with COVID 19, is asking parents whether children should return to school next week for face to face classes. The Education Bureau has said primary one, five, and six forms should resume classes next Wednesday. The management of the FDB WA Chao Yao School, though, wants a postponement. The school's principal, Sham Yu Kwong, says the school doesn't have the autonomy to decide on class suspensions. But he says authorities have told him that if some parents are worried, their children can choose to take online classes from home. Tourism professor indicates that Hong Kong's theme parks have a chance of survival, even operating at 50% capacity. With the easing of social distancing measures, the parks can reopen tomorrow after being shut for almost the year. Hong Kong Disneyland hasn't announced any reopening, whereas Ocean Park is already fully booked for tomorrow and the weekend. Professor Brian King from Polytechnic University School of Hotel and Tourism Management says the reduced capacity gives the park a chance to try out new ideas a lifesaver for Ocean Park. I mean, they've only been open for 52 days this whole year. We've got just about three months left. So they really have not been able to do much more than planning. And this gives them a chance with, they're calling it, green staycation and so on, to do a bit of trialling of new ideas that connect them more strongly with the southern district. They can win back the hearts of Hong Kongers. I mean, Hong Kongers make up, say with Disney, about 40% of the patronage. So if it's 50% capacity, Hong Kongers can Pretty much fill the spaces. Tourism board official denies there's been any so-called travel bubble set up around the world to facilitate quarantine-free passage between places. The European Union attempted a travel bubble which soon burst after coronavirus infections rebounded. Dane Cheng, executive director of the tourism board, was commenting on the government's plan to try and strike travel agreements with 11 countries. they the first one who actually put this table was Australia and New Zealand, but it never did happen. Even I think uh, within Australia, their, their inter travel uh, has been quite limited. I wouldn't count Europe as a region as a travel bubble because there are different sort of restrictions or alerts, but there was also within that region. But if we're talking about uh, countries and regions, between regions, there's
1: still not a proper travel bubble established.
0: Talks are underway of allowing public hospitals to share patients' medical records with the University of Hong Kong Shenzhen Hospital. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has asked the Shenzhen Hospital to help some 38,000 Hong Kong people living in Guangdong who can't attend appointments or pick up medicine from local hospitals because of the pandemic. Dr Lo Chung Mao, the head of the Shenzhen Hospital, says if the plan goes ahead, patients' consent would be needed and their privacy would be protected. President Trump has predicted that an effective coronavirus vaccine could be ready for mass distribution in the United States within weeks, contradicting comments by one of his top health officials. Mr Trump claimed the head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Robert Redfield, made a mistake or was confused when he told Congress that a vaccine could be rolled out by the middle of next year. The president said a vaccine will be delivered as soon as it becomes available.
2: They're doing trials, as you know, and as soon as it's given, they
0: go ahead, we will... Uh, get it out defeat the virus we've
2: manufactured all of the necessary supplies so that as soon as the fda approves the vaccine and uh, as you know we're very close to that we'll be able to distribute at least 100 million vaccine doses by the end of 2020 and
0: a large number much sooner than that earlier the democratic presidential candidate joe biden accused mr trump of manipulating the issue for electoral gain The stakes are too high. American families have already suffered and sacrificed too much. So let me be clear. I trust vaccines. I trust scientists. But I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. The Democrat candidate for the U.S. presidency has waded into the Brexit debate, saying the Good Friday peace deal in Northern Ireland cannot become a casualty of the U.K.'s decision to leave the European Union. Joe Biden tweeted the comments after the British Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, discussed the matter with senior U.S. lawmakers in Washington. The Democrat Congressman Richard Neal outlined the importance of the agreement.
2: Our argument is that Ireland and the success of the Good Friday Agreement ought not to be used as a prop in the dispute between the U.K. and European Union. The success of the Good Friday Agreement is there for the world to witness. It included the elimination of the border, and the Republic of Ireland gave up Articles 2 and 3 of their constitution for the purpose of helping to secure the agreement.
0: Britain's Conservative government has reached a compromise with rebels from its own party over controversial legislation that would override parts of the Brexit divorce deal, breaking international law. The rebels feared the bill relating to Northern Ireland could harm the country's international reputation. Here's the BBC's Vicky Young.
2: The growing rebellion has forced the government to seek a compromise and after talks with Conservative MPs, it's agreed that Parliament will have an extra layer of oversight. MPs will have to vote for a motion before ministers can use the new powers. The Prime Minister insisted his duty was to protect the country from what he called an irrational interpretation of the withdrawal agreement. But the provocative move has increased tensions with the EU as the two sides attempt to hammer out a trade deal.
0: Finance now, and a short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 24,307. That's 412 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $69 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.06 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 17 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars. Sport
1: now, and here's Adam Cheung. The COVID-19 pandemic is likely to lead to huge costs to world football. That's according to the Coronavirus Committee Chairman at the sports world governing body FIFA. Oli Ren said disruptions to championships, empty stadiums, and the loss of television income had an effect on football associations across the world.
0: Our baseline scenario of the economic uh, and financial damage uh, done by the COVID-19 pandemic is in the scale of 14 billion U.S. dollars, which is about uh, one-third of of the total football economy.
1: Ren said clubs and associations in Europe had endured the biggest hit in absolute terms, but associations in South America had suffered the most. He also said the impact from the pandemic would continue through next year. The French League has opened an investigation into Neymar's claims that the Marseille player Alvaro Gonzalez used racist language towards him during the bad-tempered match between Paris Saint-Germain and Marseille on Sunday. Gonzalez denies the allegations. The BBC's John Bennett has more. A disciplinary
0: panel met on Wednesday evening in Paris to decide what action to take after five players, including Neymar, was sent off after scuffles broke out near the end of the match. Neymar will be banned for two games. The biggest punishment was handed to PSG defender Levin Casava, who will be suspended for six matches. Meanwhile, the LFP opened an official investigation into Neymar's allegations that he was racially abused by Gonzalez. Paris Saint-Germain have said they strongly support their Brazilian playmaker, Marseille have insisted Gonzalez is not racist.
1: On the pitch, Julian Draxler scored late as PSG defeated Mets 1-0 for their first win of the season. English Premier League sides Leeds United and Southampton both crashed out of the League Cup after losing in the second round to lower-tier opposition. A second-string Leeds team lost a penalty shootout 9-8 to third-tier side Hull City after a one all draw at Elland Road. Southampton fielded a full-strength lineup but were still beaten 2-0 at home by second-tier Brentford. In cricket, Australia have beaten the World Cup holders England by three wickets in the third and final one-day international at Old Trafford to clinch the series 2-1. Set a target of 303 to win, Australia collapsed to 73-5 for before a partnership of 212 between Alex Carey and Glenn Maxwell took them to victory. Maxwell, who scored 108, was named man of the match and man of the series. Mitchell Stark, who had earlier taken two wickets off the first two balls of the game, hit the winning runs with two balls to spare. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again.
0: construction worker has become one of the first people to be found guilty of rioting by the court over events linked to last year's anti-government protests. High Court has denied bail to activist Tam Tak-Chi, who has been charged with uttering seditious words. Talks are underway to allow public hospitals to share medical records with the University of Hong Kong Shenzhen Hospital. And that's the news from RTHK.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Meir, on this Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Thursday, the 17th of September, is today's date, and many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. We do have a very busy show for you. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking about how to become a 3D artist. Now those are the people who create artwork, animations, visual effects for films, animations and adverts and we'll be speaking to a 3D artist Alex Sutty and also the founder of Digital Dog Studios just after the 1.30 just after 1.30 and we hope to also bring you that interview uh, on the Facebook page Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 and uh, after 2 o'clock Sadia Usmani joins us for our regular Thursday Chinwag to talk about information overload and what are some of the effects of that on us and finally after 2.30 in this week's Artsing Around Report Andrew Dambina interviews Eddie Z who is the Head of Performing Arts at Tycoon on its just launched On Stage Online Performance Series and we want to hear from you as well so feel free to drop us an email if you want to get in touch with us our email address is 123show at rthk.hk that's one two Show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio 3. And we'll be bringing you some great music for you as well. What you're hearing now is exciting.